Good evening, children of the night, and welcome to another barely-themed Halloween episode of Low Definition. My name is Steve Lutz, and I am your host, and also a vampire. You probably didn't know that, because my charming Carpathian accent has faded over the centuries. Though if you listen very closely, you can sometimes still hear traces of the old country leaking through. Blah, blah. But enough about me. Let's meet our five, five creepy contestants. Ah, ah, ah. Our first player is currently looking for his golden arm. If you found it, please return it to his grave or face the consequences. I'm talking specifically about Chip Sutterth. Welcome, Chip. I love playing this game. It was named after my abs. Um, what's next? Mm, oh, yes. Ma'am, <laughs> this is Sergeant Lutz down at the precinct. We've traced the Zoom call. It's coming from inside the house. No, not your house. Kelly Gamont's house. Because she's on the Zoom call. It's totally fine. Anyway, hello, <laughs> Kelly. Hi. Uh, you've actually been in my house. So you uh, you can vouch for whether or not uh, a call coming from here would be interesting or not. That's an excellent point. And I assume it will because you're on it. Oh. The old legends say that if you dim the lights, look into the mirror and say her name three times... Tiff Arment will appear behind you and make you a Bloody Mary. It's really quite delightful. Hi, Tiff. <laughs> I actually love Bloody Marys. So, I mean, that tracks. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit scared, honestly. I wasn't oh, expecting well, this whole spookiness. Yep. I know. It is the season. <sighs> chain rattle, chain rattle. Our next player is the Boogeyman. Although, since completing his dissertation, he's more commonly known as Dr. Boogie. Or sometimes just Monty <laughs> Ashley. Greetings, Monty. Hi, Steve. Uh, it's getting pretty scary here. It's uh, after sunset, and it's getting pretty near dark. That's yes. A, that's a that vampire is a, movie. That it's is a, vampire a movie horror movie I'm dark. aware of. Yes. Well done, <laughs> sir. Well done. And our final player recently woke up with a spider bite on her cheek, and it appears to be growing. Uh, I'm sure it's just an allergic reaction, though. Nothing to worry about, Shelley Brisbane. Uh, hi. I, I didn't realize we were doing a spooky season theme so my my costume is entirely inappropriate now i'll just i'll just be in the corner over here yes well that's it's extra spooky when you don't tell anybody about it first all right those Sexy are our players policewoman is a perennial favorite that's why i'm <laughs> wearing it exactly <laughs> Yeah, you know, Wait, are we all sexy police women? Because I, mean, I said it was inappropriate. I didn't say it was not seasonal. I mean, those are different things. <laughs> all right, settle down, everybody. We've got a lot to get through. Those players, by the way, <laughs> were just introduced in the order of play as determined by random.org. And there on the handle was a hook. Random.org. <gasps> wow, it's a weird slogan. Anyway. <laughs> Enough of this tomfoolery. Let's get down to business. I want to read your rules. In each round, I will give you a scary word. You, in turn, will send me a spooky definition. If you know the actual definition, you can send me that. If you're right, I'll award you three creepy points. If you don't know the real definition, send me an eerie fake definition. Once all of your ghastly entries have arrived, I'll mix all of the definitions up and read them to you. Then you'll each get... An unnerving opportunity to guess which is real. If you guess correctly, you get two terrifying points. And for each player who guesses your fake definition, you will get one gruesome point. We play until one or more players reach a spine-chilling total of 18. Or until we're all dead. 
Oh, and one last hair-raising rule. If none of you get the correct definition in a round, your horrifying host, that's me, will receive six blood-curdling points. That's right, I'm going back to six points, which means that if you flub just three rounds, I win the game. Now that's scary. May I ask a question? Sure. Was that introduction sponsored by thesaurus.com? <laughs> it's entirely possible that they had a hand in that. Thesaurus.com. Wow. Oh, we bring synonyms to you. They are not the you. overlords of random.org, so yeah. Strangely, they have 150 different theme songs, but they all basically mean the Imagine same thing. that. <laughs> so, do you all have the nerve to play low definition? Oh, fine. Sure. So I mean, I'm here and recording. Might as well. Right, Boo cool. definition? Cool, cool. Well, then, uh, we'll start with round one, <laughs> which is kind of where we always start. And uh, tonight will be no different. So the word for round one is hum hum. Hum hum. It's H-U-M. H-U-M. Just like it sounds. So won't you please send me your definitions for the word hum hum. Now. Oh, yeah, there's a chat in Zoom, too. I guess we could use that. Let's not and say we did. All right, let's not. Yes, let's not. Yeah, let's not give Zoom any more control over our lives. <laughs> all right, all of the definitions are in for our round one word, which was hum hum. I will read them for you now. One, a bicycle popular in southeastern China. Two, a coarse Indian cotton cloth used for making towels. Three, a horse grave. <laughs> Four, a low-frequency buzz affecting the sound of audio as it is transmitted via shortwave. Five, a nocturnal creature which exclusively eats other hum-hum. Or six, jibber-jabber. Those are your options for the word hum-hum. And the first to get to decide which one is real is Chip. I don't, I don't like any of these. They all scare me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's throw them all out. I mean... Start afresh. I, it was my understanding that this would be a, a PG or a PG-13 game, but um, I'm, 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 I find this full of too much horror. Okay. I I judge you, Steve. <laughs> in, but in the meantime, I choose a coarse Indian cloth. Okay. You got it, dude. Uh next up is Kelly. <laughs> um What was the one after the Indian cloth? A horse grave. Oh, horse grave. Yeah. Mhm. Mm. Sounds like a great name for a butler. <laughs> Horsegrave, see who's at the door. Yes. I was just pondering that for a minute. Batman yeah, yeah. and Robin right. and his faithful faithful butler, Horsegrave. Horse <laughs> so, uh, did you pick one, Kelly, in the midst of all that I tumult? I did not. I <laughs> okay. was just... A, right. I, I'm still back at pondering the butler. Make the jokes nope. so that um, others will stall on your behalf. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
I think I'm just going to go with Chip and go specifically the Indian cloth. Specifically the Indian cloth. Reference acknowledged. <laughs> okay, next up is Tiff. Go with Jibber Jabber. Go with Jibber Jabber. I will. Excellent. Go with Jibber Jabber. <laughs> next up is Monty. Uh, Mr. T doesn't like any of that hum hum, which of course is another word for jibber jabber. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> okay. Next up is Shelly. I'm going to rub my perspiring face with a coarse Indian cloth. Okay. Ooh. All right. Then all the guesses are in for hum hum. Why don't we start with that one that Shelly just mentioned, which was a coarse Indian cotton cloth used for making towels. That is the correct definition for the word hum-hum. <gasps> so, oh. that means two points to Chip, Kelly, and Shelly. That Yay. leaves jibber-jabber, which both Tiff and Monty thought might be the correct definition. In fact, that was the Chip definition. Damn, so, Chip. well done, Nicely Chip. done, Chip. You just uh, raked it in that it's round. All of these pieces yeah. of fabric that have all kinds of descriptive words, I think they're all fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after round one, Chip is in a commanding lead with four points. Oh, my goodness, Chip. Dang. We'll never what got into up. you? Never. Chip is Ever. commanding. Now that it's I fine. Know it's him. early. It's early. It really is. Uh, tied for second with two points each are Kelly and Shelly. Nobody else has got a thing, but that's okay. <laughs> As previously mentioned, it's early times yet. A lot of game to go, people. Don't get upset. All right. Uh, so that wasn't so bad, was it? Everybody's still alive. We're all good. After a fashion. Good, good. All right. We'll move on to round two then. <laughs> no, what? For round two? Where did that come yeah, from? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> what? That's what's so scary, Monty. You never know what's coming next. Hot on the heels of round one? <laughs> and the word for round two is this. I wasted horse grave on that. <laughs> <laughs> the word for round two is cockchafer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cockchafer. That's C O C K C H A F E R. Cockchafer. Please send me your definitions for the word cockchafer now. That is scary. I'm Look, I did I'm warn you that some the... of these words might be scary. I'm impressed with the low amount of giggling you gave us with that, with reading that, Steve. That's what? Great. There's nothing funny about that. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you mean. Okay. All of the definitions are in for the round two word, which was, if you'll recall, cockchafer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh I almost I, forgot. I that's what they call being college. How can I forget? All of the options that you have to choose from for the Horse word grave. cockchafer. One, a kind of harness used most often during the Iditarod and other long-haul sled dog races. Two, a large European beetle whose grubs feed on the roots of plants. Three, a machine used for constructing badminton birdies. Four, a plate used at a fancy at fancy dinner services. Five, an elongated pencil point. 
or six, an equestrian term for the excess stirrup strap on a saddle. Those are your options for cockchafer. And the first to get to choose is Kelly Gamont. Oh no. Um I think I'm gonna go mm, see I was gonna go badminton, but like all of them sort of sound equally right and also wrong. Right. Plus once you um, go badminton mm. you can never go bladminton. So <laughs> there is that. Um sorry, could you say that one more time? I could not, actually. It's okay. like a little tickle <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wait, was that one of the definitions? It's tickle in the back of your throat. Um, <laughs> uh, should have been. It really should have been. Oh, it could man. be later. Be okay. <laughs> uh, hmm, okay. Uh, Finger can you hovering give me the... over the explicit tag can button. You... <laughs> <laughs> Cockyfer, I hardly know her. <laughs> In this economy? Um, okay. Uh, could you give me the brief version of each of those again, please, Steve? Um, certainly. <clears throat> You've got a kind of harness used during sled dog races, a large European beetle, a machine for constructing badminton birdies, a plate used at fancy dinner services, an elongated pencil point, or an equestrian term for an excess stirrup strap. I like the beetle, but I'm going to go with badminton. Okay. The badminton machine. You got it. All right, next up is Tiff. Yeah, I'm also going to go badminton machine. <laughs> okay. It's breaking badminton. <laughs> Next oh, up no. is Monty. Um, it feels like a fake definition, but I'm going with the equestrian one with all those extra words after it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't one of them excess? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shelly, you're up. I'm going to get on the beetle train. Okay. All aboard. <laughs> and that leaves us Chip Sutterth. Uh the harness for the dog races. Okay. For the dog sledding or whatever. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Then all of the guesses have been made. Let's see how that all worked out for you. Chip, you thought that a cockchafer might be a kind of harness used most often during the Iditarod and other long-haul sled dog races. That was actually Shelley's answer, so a point to Shelley. Well done, Shelley. Yeah. Speaking of Shelley, she thought that a cockchafer might be a large European beetle whose grubs feed on the roots of plants. And that is the correct definition for cockchafer. Oh, hooray! So, two points to Shelley. That was so close. That leaves us Kelly and Tiff. They both thought that a cockchafer might be a machine used for constructing badminton birdies. Two more points to Chip Sutterth. Goodness sake. I mean, that was pretty good. Really cleaning up. (laughs) Well done. Yes. And that leaves Monty, who thought that a cockchafer might be an equestrian term for the excess stirrup strap on a saddle. That was actually Kelly's answer. (laughs) 
I like that one. It sounded so wonderfully obscure that I almost I almost guessed it. It was very close. Was <laughs> I know there is a word for that. I just don't know what it is. I bet there is. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So after round two, Chip is still in the lead with six points, but Shelly's coming up close behind him. She has five. <gasps> Kelly's in third with three points. Everybody else is just, you know, we're just chilling on the starting couch, you know, taking our time, <laughs> biding our time. All right, uh, let's move on to round three. And yeah, Words are great, but let's do something a little different. Uh, let's do a round I call Boo Complete Me. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I started typing a question into Google, and uh, before I could even finish, Google, Google had all sorts of weird ideas Google. about what I was going to ask it. Google. Let's not be ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I want you to send me the top autocomplete entry that Google gave when I typed the following... Why do ghosts? Why do ghosts? Please, won't you tell me what the top autocomplete entry that Google gave for the phrase, why do ghosts? Now. Now, I said. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's see. You gotta quickly come up with another end of show stinger now that Cockchafer, I hardly know her, is off the table. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All of the autocomplete entries are in for the phrase, Why Do Ghosts? And we have an exciting new milestone to celebrate because. Not only did two people say the same thing, and therefore their answers will be combined, but another set <gasps> of two people said the same thing, and their answers will also be combined. Oh, we're so uncreative. So that means each of you has only four things to choose from, so don't screw it up. <laughs> and, and one of them is horse graves. Yes. All right. One. Why do ghosts come back? <laughs> two. Why do ghosts say boo? Three. Why do ghosts suddenly appear every time you are near? <laughs> yeah. And four. Why do ghosts wear sheets? That's it. That's all you're getting, and it's your own damn fault. <laughs> so, Come on, the Steve, first great to minds. get to choose from amongst that paltry selection is Tiff. <laughs> Okay. Why do okay. ghosts? Okay. <laughs> um, it's only four on the board. I, I, I know. I know. None of them are horse related, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> Horses sometimes wear sheets. I've seen it. That's true. I've seen it too. Um... Where are you guys seeing these sheet-wearing horses? <laughs> I haven't. Well, it wasn't over his head. Go to the races. It's a long story. Uh, come back. I'm still here. I never went anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's the... Okay, so... <laughs> my mistake. Wow. All right. Tiff gets come back. Uh, next up is Monty. I mean, they're wearing blankets. Is that what you guys are seeing? The horse blankets? Yeah, they're kind of like sheets. All right. Uh, I also want to know why horses... Why uh, ghosts come back. <laughs> horses come back because they're... Like, they're hungry. hungry. Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> All right, Shelly. Gosh, I don't know. I, I was going to say the answer that caused me to want to burst into song, that I'm pretty sure is wrong, but then I also feel like 
Maybe I should jump on the train with everybody else. Yeah, apparently there's a thought process going on, and it's not going to get me anywhere, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say, why do they wear sheets? Okay. Next up, then. Not the one that made me want to sing. Is Jet. (laughs) Would ghosts go to sheets or Wawa? That's a, there was a big, you know, conflict between sheets and Wawa, big rivalry there. You said uh, words I don't understand. Totally sheets. They would so go to sheets. <laughs> I think Chip, I'm are you smelling toast, toast right now? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Chip, I got you. I got you, Chip. I know what you're talking about. East Coast. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Uh, you're I've welcome. never heard of sheets, though. It's fine. East Coast? I don't sheets isn't on either. the coast. It's I don't a little know bit anything in, about but, you know, coastal you, things. If you drive anywhere, you get to one. Wear sheets. Wear sheets. Usually on the bed, I find. Okay, uh, next up is Kelly. Uh, I'm going to go with comeback. Okay. All right. Uh, That's all the guesses. So, wow, only two answers were chosen from out of those four. Interesting. You had the opportunity to do a spread and you didn't even do it. Let's see how that paid off for you. So, uh, two of you, that's Shelly and Chip, thought that Why Do Ghosts Wear Sheets was the top autocomplete entry. That was actually Kelly's answer. (laughs) And also Monty's answer. So, (laughs) two points each to Kelly and Monty. Mm, Points. Delicious points. Well done, Monty. The rest of you thought, uh, and that would be Tiff, Monty, and Kelly, thought that Why Do Ghosts Come Back was the top autocomplete entry. And it was, in fact, the top autocomplete that Google <gasps> provided oh, for Why Do Ghosts. As soon as I said it, I figured it was going to be Cebu for sure. So, yay! What was no. the other doubled one? Uh, two people said Cebu and two people said Wear Sheets. And <gasps> yes! in another Undoubled. startling coincidence, uh, Kelly, before sending her real answer, sent Why Do Ghosts Suddenly Appear Every Time You Are <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> wow. I did. <laughs> I just almost... I. I wanted to sing that so badly and i i'm glad for all of you that i restrained myself but it was irrepressible I didn't. for a moment by the way other autocomplete options from google why do ghosts yes. have long hair Ew, why do ghosts they? like to ride in elevators why do ghosts <laughs> go to baseball games what they <laughs> field of dreams they made a whole do, documentary uh, about it why do ghosts say boo latin not just why say <laughs> boo. boo latin <laughs> boo latin um, that's because oh, if you... we don't need to know, Monty. <laughs> okay. This is just what Google says. I need to know. And lastly, well, why do ghost, singular, go to the bar? <laughs> I don't know. Why does anybody go to the bar? A ghost and a vampire Same reason as everybody else, man. All right, everybody. After three rounds, we have a new leader. That's Kelly with seven points. Woo-hoo, look at you. Yeah. Uh, Chip slides into second with six. Shelly has five. She's in third place. Uh, Monty has four and fourth. And Tiff has two. She's in fifth. I'm just still hanging out back here all by myself, <laughs> which is great. I never thought you all would leave. All right, on to round four. <laughs> and this is a listener word. Yay! Oh, yeah. listener word. Everybody loves we listener love word. our listener words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We love our listener words. This one comes to us from listener Lydia. And the word is hemiola. Hemiola. That's H-E-M-I-O-L-A. 
<laughs> hemiola. Please send me your definitions for hemiola. Now. All right, Monty, you might as well explain the thing about boo in Latin. Um, <laughs> it means I cry. B-O-O, because O is first person singular. So it's pronounced bo-o, and it means I cry. <laughs> bo-o. Bo-o. <laughs> so does boo-hoo evolve out of that? I mean, that's Probably. not the actual etymology. That's a back, uh, whatever it's called, but... Onomatopoeia? Like, yeah, sure. The person who is searching for boo Latin, or why do you go say boo Latin? That's what they were looking for was that explanation. They could have just called you. And if okay. they're listening to this episode and this got into the final edit, which seems pretty <laughs> unlikely if I'm being honest, then they know the answer. Ah, yes, Monty applying the stratagem where you say something's going to be cut, thereby ensuring that it not be cut. <laughs> All right, all of the definitions are now in for the round four word, which was hemiola. One, a blood-colored small round mark found on leather. Two, a kind of portfolio found in archaeological sites that is usually composed of paper made from wheat straw. Three. <laughs> going to be that one. <laughs> A musical figure in which two groups of three beats are replaced by three groups of two beats. Four. A puncture wound created by a fang. Five. A swirling tornado of petals or leaves. Or six. Half of a stereopticon. Those are your options for hemiola. And our first guesser this round is Monty. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I heard one that I thought sounded good, but then that one about the vampire fang hole showed up, and I want to say that one. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Next up is Shelly. Um, yeah, there's always one that I like, whether I think it's right or not. I always want to, well, I don't give points because unless it's me, I'm not giving any extra points away. Uh, so I'll guess the one I think is right. I think it's the musical figure. Okay. But it wasn't my favorite. All right. <laughs> that was the one that I liked the sound of before the vampire fang mm. shut it out of my brain. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Next up is Chip. What was the swirling one again? A swirling tornado of petals or leaves. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. You don't say. <laughs> I think it's a musical figure. Okay. Then that is yours. But not yours alone, because Shelly already took it. All right, next up <laughs> is Kelly. Uh, the musical one. The musical one. So many musical ones. Yeah. We can share. <laughs> I feel like I've heard it before, so I'm picking it because it sounds, it, I feel like it's a thing that I remember from uh, piano lessons. Okay. Then that leaves us with Tiff. I was going to go with the puncture wound because. Yeah. That's a cool as hell. Wound. <laughs> such, a good, <laughs> such a good definition. But I really, now that everyone's like going musical. Oh, or am I just like swayed because I know the word viola? <laughs> um <laughs> 
the musical figure. How uh, boring. How you desert me. You desert me. I'm sorry, Monty. <laughs> okay, that's all the guesses. Um, let's start with Monty. Sadly alone on the puncture wound. <laughs> oh. Uh, although he's sort of joined by Kelly, whose answer that was. So you're not totally alone. <laughs> Good one, Kelly. Thank you. Speaking of Kelly, whoo, Nelly. Kelly and Shelly and Shelly, I mean Chip, <laughs> and Tiff. And Telly. Telly. <laughs> that a hemiola might be a musical figure in which two groups of three beats are replaced by three groups of two beats. Yeah, that's a hemiola. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad I didn't say that. Yeah, sorry, is they so boring and get points and stuff? Yeah, it's the worst. All right, so that means that Kelly is still in the lead. She really raked in the points Woo-hoo! that round. She's got ten right now. Uh, <gasps> Chip is in digits. second with eight. Shelly is in third with seven. And we now have a two-way tie for fourth place. Tiff and Monty each have four points. Yeah, Monty. Woo! Yeah. We should have had a Steve. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I wasn't even going to mention that guy. (laughs) By the way, along with this word, listener Lydia also sent this very nice note. Hello. This is listener Lydia, by the way. Hello. (laughs) Hi, listener Lydia. Hello, listener Lydia. Oh, hello. My dad and I have been listening to your show since I was in elementary school. Here are some words for you to use in the show. I am a music major. And at that point, I crumbled to dust and could read no further. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But thank you, listener Lydia, uh, both for the fine word and for reminding me that I am on a fast and irreversible collision course with decrepitude and then death. So appreciate it. I'm just kidding, Lydia. I really appreciated the word. And I'm also very old. Well, that's put me right off of words, so uh, let's instead make a quick visit to a round that I call R.L. Stein Island. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to read you the title and the back cover blurb of a classic oh, no. Goosebumps novel. Oh no. oh, no. I want you to send me the first sentence of that book. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I feel like I am generationally disadvantaged here. Oh, I am so thrilled about this. I love this. Listen, you know that that the author is the same guy Mm -hmm. as jovial Bob Stein, whose stuff you've read a lot of. So, you know, (laughs) dig into that well of knowledge you've got. Oh, okay. Anyway, the book in question is uh, Goosebumps number seven, which is titled Night of the Living Dummy. Yes, I love that one. Here's your plot synopsis from the back of the book. All caps. He's no dummy. What? But you just said. I know. But it's right in the title. Hang with me here on this. There's more. Many questions. Lindy names the ventriloquist dummy she finds Slappy. Slappy (laughs) is kind of ugly, but he's a lot of fun. Lindy's having a great time learning to make Slappy move and talk. But Chris is jealous of all the attention her sister is getting. It's no fair. Why does Lindy always have all the luck? Chris decides to get a dummy of her own. She'll show Lindy. Then weird things begin to happen. Nasty things. (laughs) Evil things. No way a dummy can be causing all the trouble. Or is there? (laughs) That's your plot synopsis for Night of the Living Dummy. And now won't you please send me the first sentence of that book? Now. If you think the dummy is responsible, turn to page 22. I'm on this. I'm going to get it so right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that would really be freaky, though. Okay, come on, Mind Palace. <laughs> Pull this one out for me. They're horror novels for kids. Figure you know that much. You're asking us to do creative writing. In one sentence. Or in Tiff's case, to remember verbatim. <laughs> I wish I did. That would be amazing. What if like, I just read that last week? You don't know me. <laughs> all right. At long last, all of the first sentences are in for the classic Goosebumps. Number seven. Night of the Living Dummy. And I will read them to you now. So sit back and relax. <laughs> One. <sighs> I can't make him talk, wailed Lydia, as the misshapen ventriloquist dummy slumped unnaturally in the corner of her room. This one's in quotes. Number two. Mmm. That's it. Six M's. Quotation. Exclamation mark. Sentence? Question mark? Um, um. Technically, I don't think there's there's a subject or a predicate yeah i can't diagram this at all i don't know <laughs> maybe a, the first m is the subject and the rest of them are i don't know three give it back lindy demanded as her sister held the dummy just out of reach four lindy stared at the discarded ventriloquist dummy five Lindy woke up and started rushing to get ready for school after sleeping through her alarm again. Or six. When Chris opened the door to their room, she was horrified to see her sister Lindy, surrounded by most of the kids from her class, all shrieking and laughing as Lindy held up the ugliest, raggediest doll that Chris had ever seen. Those are your options for the first sentence of Night of the Living Dummy. And the first to get to choose amongst them is Shelly. And of course, it would have to be my turn when I need a little help remembering them. So a key word for, for the, uh, the choices would be most I appreciated. I can go through each of them again somewhat quickly. I can't make Please. him talk, wailed Lindy as the misshapen ventriloquist dummy slumped unnaturally in the corner of her room. Two. Mmm. Three. <laughs> Give it back, Lindy demanded as her sister held the dummy just out of reach. Four. Lindy stared at the discarded ventriloquist dummy. Five. Lindy woke up and started rushing to get ready for school after sleeping through her alarm again. Or six. When Chris opened the door to their room, she was horrified to see her sister Lindy surrounded by most of the kids from her class, all shrieking and laughing as Lindy held up the ugliest, raggediest doll that Chris had ever seen. I'm going to go with the alarm clock one. Okay. Although technically the word clock was not in it. I just wanted you to know that I knew that. I appreciate it. This changes everything. Uh, next up is Chip. I'm going to go with uh, number six, when Chris opened the door. Okay. Um, next up is Kelly. Um, as compelling as mmm is, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with opening the door. Um. Okay. When Chris opened the door to their room, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Raggedy doll. Yeah. Raggedy doll. Um, Tiff, you're up next. 
The alarm one sounds pretty good, but I think I'm going with mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to. Feels okay. very goosebumpsy. <laughs> and that leaves us with Monty. What is the punctuation on mmm? <laughs> Uh, I'll spell it out for you. Quotation mark, capital M, 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 M. Next one's an M. What a twist. And it closes out with an M. And then we have an exclamation mark followed by another quotation mark. At least the quotes were closed. I appreciate that. So it's not M, it's M. This changes everything. Is the second word a bop? I guess I was not emphatic <laughs> enough when I. That was later. It. It was later. The question That's I a different have book. is how in medias res does Goosebumps get, right? Like some of these things, she already has the doll. She's already talking to the doll. I, I think they usually think... start with a smash cut traditionally. Oh. Which I you think can't it really starts with cause... Lindy waking up in bed. Uh, Lindy woke up and started getting rushing to get ready for school? Yes, she did. Okay. Why, why wouldn't she? I, uh, so, uh, something you should do. Stay in school, kids. Mr. T was here earlier. He'd tell you that. <laughs> he pities the fool. Enough of that hum-hum. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go through those, shall we? <laughs> let's. Shelly. Shelly and Monty both thought that the first sentence of Night of the Living Dummy might be, Lindy woke up and started rushing to get ready for school after sleeping through her alarm again. Actually, that was Kelly's first sentence, so more points to Kelly. (laughs) I figured the slow build made sense, you know? (laughs) See, she has literary aspirations. That's that's all. There you go. (laughs) Let's see if Kelly got even more points. Uh, She and Chip both thought that the first sentence was when Chris opened the door to their room. She was horrified to see her sister Lindy, surrounded by most of the kids from her class, all shrieking and laughing as Lindy held up the ugliest, raggediest doll that Chris had ever seen. That small novella was actually written by Shelley, so two points to Shelley. Well done, Shelley. That leaves the odd one out. That's Tiff. (laughs) She thought that the first sentence of Night of the Living Dummy might be... Mm. <laughs> Come on. Is that better, Monty? Yes. Okay. I captured the nuances of the exclamation mark. I'm so proud. Yeah. That was, in fact, the first sentence of the novel. <gasps> <Night of Adam-Gella. laughs> well spotted. You're a monster, Steve. A monster. Once a goosebumps reader, always a goosebumps reader, I guess. Perfect. That was awesome. Yeah. Actually, let me read you the first three sentences of this Goosebumps novel. I wrote a four-line sentence, and this is what I get. The thanks I get for it. The first three sentences are thus. Well, that took a turn. Is an example of somebody trying to do ventriloquism, but not opening their mouth? That's kind of what I thought you would think, but no, it's actually, I believe... Chris blowing a bubble and trying to get her sister's attention to, to look at it. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Then. So mm. there you go. Okay. You're all going to rush right back out and get the night of the living dummy available from scholastic <laughs> books. Although it's now classic goosebumps. Number one, not goosebumps. Number seven. What can classic you do? goose? They come in a classic flavor. Yeah, now? I think they just re-released the they were black ones. and white back then. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now they're colorized. It's ridiculous. Okay. That was dumb. No. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> hey. It was dumb, mm. but great. 
I didn't say anything was it was dummy. Dumb. Uh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> Very clever. All right. <laughs> so after, good God, what is this? Round five only? Getting punchy. <laughs> wow. After five rounds, Kelly is still in the lead. Uh, a commanding lead, I would say, with 12 points. Well, not that commanding. Ooh. Shelly's pretty close behind her with nine. Chip is Ooh. in third with eight points. Uh, Tiff has six. And Monty has four. I got nothing. Oh. What can you do? You can have one of my points. Thanks, man. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. No, I won't. You, you earned those points. I'm going to leave that to you. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't we go back to some words? This is sort of what this show is theoretically about. And we're on to round six. The word for round six is this. Weapon-shawing. <laughs> Weapon-shawing. That's spelled W-A-P-P-E-N-S-C-H-A-W-I-N-G. Weapon-shawing. Please send me your definitions for the word weapon-shawing now. Let's see. Oh, no. My rum shot is curdled. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. That's horrible. <laughs> no. That is awful. Oh, no. That's it. Shut it down. We're, <laughs> we're turning this thing off. We're done. Everything's we ruined. We gotta go. Ruined. Now I just want to ask Tiff a bunch of rum chata questions. Oh, do you have rum chata questions? I have answers. One, it curdles in Mr. Black. <laughs> Don't mix them together. In what? Mr. Black. It's a uh, coffee liqueur. It is very good. My alcohol friends brought it to us years ago, and now we give it as gifts to everybody whenever we go over their houses. Nice. That's Do not you what buy I heard it of. at Sheets or Wawa or some magical <laughs> no, place I've never heard Wawa about. Or the Sheets. It's she just, dug it from a horse's good. grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole bunch of bottles down there. Oh, usually I put in coffee. Oh yeah, it's that's good, good for too. afternoon coffee. It's kind yeah, of. Yeah. Then you've got coffee. Joe Black, and it looks like that's Joe. Uh, it looks like Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> we have met. <laughs> You drink enough rum chata and everybody looks like Brad Pitt, Steve. <laughs> Why is he always eating and everything? That's what I want to know. Every movie he's eating. He couldn't have eaten that much in Fight Club. Oh, he eats in Fight Club. He, he's always eating oh, in Fight yeah. Club. But he's so zero body fat. Well, he's uh-huh. so, I mean, spoiler. He has no, lots of body fat, just toned. <laughs> all right all the definitions are yeah. in for the round six yes sorry did i shock you i meant to it's I'm sorry Halloween. we're talking about brad pitt <laughs> steve can you please just hold off on the definitions people people it's round six we've got a lot to get to let's go uh, the word for a round six was a weapon shawing and uh, all these definitions came in and i guess i might as well read them to you since that's what this game is about one a Welsh-style dialect most closely associated with the Middle Ages. Two, an aerobatic maneuver. Three, an inspection of soldiers held at periodic intervals in each district of Scotland. Four, skiing downhill backwards. Five, the German word for hearing a sound that wakes you in the night, but you cannot identify it. Or six, to be tripped by a ghost. Those are your options for the word. Wappenshawing. And we're back around to Chip Sutterth. Chip, what do you think <laughs> wappenshawing is? I think, what? Sorry, I got tripped by a ghost. <laughs> 
<laughs> was it wearing a sheet? You heard it moving around, but you couldn't identify it. It was speaking Latin. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer, Trip. Oh, it was? Okay. <laughs> oh, you're too clever for me, Chip. It's not a high bar. Next up is Kelly. Hmm. I'm liking skiing. That seems like the right answer. Um, I don't know why I'm applying so much thought to this. I'm going with skiing. Okay. Skiing downhill backwards. Yes. Excellent. Um, oh, Tiff. Hey. Hi. Uh, would you like sound... to choose a definition for weapon showing? I, I would. Uh, a sound that wakes you in the night. Okay. I feel like they would have words for that. The Germans, they've got all sorts of weird they words. They do, and I feel like I really want it to be one. Perfect nugent to you all. Mm. <laughs> Monty. Uh, I also think it is a sound that wakes you at night, but you don't know what it is. Okay. Spooky. And we have one more guesser, and that is Shelley. Uh, just to be different, I'm going to go with the soldiers in Scotland. <laughs> soldiers in Scotland. All right. Okay, well, um, let's start with Chip, who thought that weapon shawing might be to be tripped by a ghost. You were actually tripped by Tiff. Yeah. So, oh, that was <laughs> <Ghost> Tiff. <laughs> that was a good answer. Uh, speaking of Tiff, she and Monty both thought that weapon shawing might be the German word for hearing a sound that wakes you in the night, but you cannot identify it. I identify that as Kelly's answer, so two points. <laughs> good job, Kelly. To Kelly. <laughs> Moving on to Kelly. Kelly thought that Wappenshawing might be skiing downhill backwards. Actually, that was Monty's answer. So, <laughs> point to Monty for that. Well done, Monty. That was also a good one. <laughs> Thank you. And that leaves us with Shelly, who just for the heck of it decided to guess that Wappenshawing might be an inspection of soldiers held at periodic intervals in each district of Scotland. Yep, that's Wappenshawing. Whoa! Wow. wow. It Listen was sufficiently closely. complicated that I was Inspection just like... Inspection of soldiers. Weapon shawing. <laughs> it's literally a weapon showing <laughs> in a Scottish <laughs> accent. <laughs> so anyway, good job on that, Shelley. Wow. Thank you. Well done, Shelley. That was very good. All right. So after... Oh, God, what was that? Round six. Oh. <laughs> after round six... Kelly's still in the lead. She has 14 points. Technically, I'd say maybe in striking distance. She only needs to get to 18. She could do it in one round. Ah, in second place with 11 points is Shelly. In third place with eight points is Chip. In fourth with seven is Tiff. In fifth with five points is Monty. Shelly kept me from getting any points in that round. I still have zero. I'm so sorry, Steve. It's all right. <laughs> I'll get over Just it crushed. eventually. Eventually. Maybe. All right, on to round seven. And, uh, oh, it's round seven, which, as you all know, is the creepy round. That's right, creepy round. Round seven is the creepiest round of all. In which anything can happen, as long as it's creepy. And since this round is so very, very creepy, why don't we play a game that I call Lost in Translation Forever? <laughs> Uh, as you know, because we've done this a lot, movies are often given slightly different titles for audiences in different countries. In this round, I will give you the title of a movie as it is known in the United States, as well as the name of another country. 
your job is to tell me the title by which the movie is known in that country. Uh, our classic exp- our classic example is uh, Die Hard, which in, I believe, Norway is known as Action Skyscraper. So there's your example. <laughs> um, so in this case, our movie is the 1979 sci-fi horror classic Alien, and the country is Hungary. Nobody's going to make the hungry joke. Okay, that's fine. It just gives you more time to please send me the Hungarian title of the movie Alien. Now. Tiff, have you seen this one? Yes. (laughs) Not for a very, very long time, though. Mm. Well, it's about an alien. Is it? Yes. Is this the one that's like the... Like coming out of your... Like the guts one? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. With what's her name? <laughs> yeah, she's in it. Yeah. Oh, I, from that thing yeah. that time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into her. I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> We've seen this movie. All right. All of the Hungarian titles have arrived for the movie <laughs> Alien. And uh, I'm sad to say that there is a one in my sad face column because Monty apparently uh-huh. knows... <laughs> he knows most Hungarian. of the Hungarian title for Alien. Close enough that oh. I've got to give him the point. So, Ooh. Oh. thank you. Okay. So that'll give you something to look forward in this round, Monty. <laughs> All right. Here are the rest of them. One. Acid blood in space. <clears throat> Two. Human bulldozer in the dark. Three, space fear. (laughs) Four, space infestation. Or five, the eighth passenger, colon, death. (laughs) Colon being the actual (laughs) punctuation mark. It's not colon, death. Oh, no. I don't even know what the eighth passenger, colon, death would be about. Doesn't that happen? You ride with colon, death today. Colon death is the Hungarian title for Die Hard, right? <laughs> There's colon blow and then super colon blow and then colon <laughs> death. Colon death. Then colon death. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh, the first to get to guess amongst those fine selections is Kelly. Um, I really want you to read them again just for my own entertainment because it would be really funny. Um, and I just want to hear them again. Um, I remember the the tagline for alien being in space no one can hear you scream so i'm gonna go with space fear space fear okay tiff uh the eighth passenger colon death okay. <laughs> <laughs> for seven passengers i got rid of just no problem but that eighth one go right for the colon if you die of colon death do they bury you in a horse grave <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be pretty deep. No one wants to no one wants to find that. <laughs> all right, next up is Shelly. Colon death all the way. Colon death. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to go. All right, and that leaves us with Chip. I can't I can't resist it. Joining the colon death train. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. It's a colon death cult. Team colon death. <laughs> Team colon death. <laughs> All right, well, um, wow, only two were picked, so uh, hopefully you all were lucky. 
Colon death may cause death. <laughs> to your colon. Side effects include death. In Kelly thought that the title of Alien in Hungary might be Space Fear. That was actually Shelly's answer, so good job, Shelly. Oh, good job, Shelly. Yeah. And all the rest of y'all thought that, uh, and that would be, by the way, Chip, <laughs> Shelly and Chip thought that the title of Alien in Hungary is The Eighth Passenger, colon, Death. <laughs> the title of Alien in Hungary is A Nyotzadek Utash A Halal. Oh, I'm sorry. Utash, colon, A Halal. <laughs> so. <laughs> colon, the universal language. That. You were, in fact, correct. Team Colin Death. I think the Eighth Passenger is its title in several countries, but I think only Hungary that I could find had added death to the end to add that little colon extra death. bit of sauce. <laughs> A little bit of colon sauce at the end Ew. of the title. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> all right, well. Eat some bananas, Jesus. Fortunately for all of you, Kelly was not on the colon train because uh, she didn't get, uh, didn't get any points that round, so... That means None. that she and Shelly are now tied for first with 14 points each. In Ooh. third is Chip with 10. In fourth with nine is Tiff. In fifth with eight is Monty. So let's move on to round eight. And the word for round eight is carminative. Carminative. That's C-A-R-M-I-N. A-T-I-V-E. Carminative. Please send me your definitions for the word carminative. Now. Are we out of the creepy round? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's long over. <laughs> I should note, though, creepy things could still happen. They just wouldn't be branded as such. We're just not restricted <laughs> to only creepy things this round, mm. so... Surprise, creepy things. I gotta say, colon death is pretty like creepy. colon death. Yeah. <laughs> so well done, everybody, for staying within the round parameters. Okay. All of the definitions are in for the word carminative. I will read them now. One. A class of medications typically prescribed to patients with chronic colon obstructions. <laughs> no. <laughs> Two, a reflective state of mind. Three, fortified with calcium and riboflavin. <laughs> Four, having the property of relieving flatulence. Five, side effects of blood-related disorders. Or six, to be hungry but unable to decide what to eat. <laughs> One of those is the correct definition for carminative. And I believe our guesser in this round is Tiff. What was the reflect the reflective one, the second one? I just A wrote reflective down the state of mind. <laughs> it can't possibly be those other ones. If it is, <laughs> bravo. Um reflective state of mind um uh you're reflecting on the choice Wait, of maybe answer. i can't decide what to eat um no reflective state <laughs> of mind i'll do that okay next up is monty um i think it probably has the properties of relieving flatulence do you now 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put your initials by that one then, shall I? Please do. Oh, I already have regrets. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Hands off the piece. <laughs> Shelly, you're up. You're just going to have to suffer with your unrelieved flatulence. I, I also <laughs> am going to, to go over flatulence. I will not use the train expression this time because that is not a train I wish to be on <laughs> with or without Monty. Oh, but you're okay with being <laughs> on the colon death train. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different thing. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I said toot, toot. Okay. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, Chip, you're up next. What was the next to last one again? Side effects of blood related disorders. Yeah, why did I ask you for that? I don't know. (laughs) I don't have that answer. Man, I'm hungry, but I just can't decide. (laughs) okay i'm going to guess that means you want that answer might i suggest see i am trainable of booberry next up is kelly i'm getting on the team flatulence colon death train flatulence colon death train okay well all the guesses are in um (laughs) hmm well let's start with tiff she thought that carminative might be a reflective state of mind that was Chip's answer, so point to Chip for that. You're welcome, Chip. Ooh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done, Chip. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is an interesting role reversal. Chip thought that Carminative might be to be hungry, but unable to decide what to eat. And that was Tiff's answer. Thanks, Chip. <laughs> a real tit-for-tat situation going on here. Which leaves Monty, Shelley, and Kelly, all of whom thought that Carminative was having the property of relieving flatulence, to which I only say... Because that is, in fact, the definition of Carminative. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! Well, fart. Exactly right. So, wow, after that exciting round, uh, Kelly and Shelly are tied in first with 16 points. Uh, Wow. One of them may win in this next round. We'll just have to find out. Next up is Chip. He's got uh, 11 points. He's in third. Tiff has 10 in fourth, and actually Monty does as well, so they are tied, and uh, I got nothing. You got the starting couch all to yourself. That counts for something, It's true. I'm really stretched out. Steve, have you ever won this game? (laughs) I have, yeah. I used to do it all the time. I apparently got worse somehow. Or possibly Maybe it's everybody the player else choices. Got, got better. <laughs> no, it can't be that. <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. Okay. Um, so that brings us to round nine. And we're running out of time, so let's just do something a little different this round. Let's do what I call AIE. <laughs> I recently asked ChatGPT a dumb question. What I want you to do is simply send me ChatGPT's dumb answer. And the idea here is not necessarily to send me a good answer or even one that makes any sense at all. Just one that sounds like an overhyped computer program came up with it. Also, (laughs) just to put some sort of boundaries on this, I will tell you that ChatGPT's answer was two sentences long. So please send me two sentences. And the question I asked ChatGPT this time was this. What's the scariest thing you can imagine hiding under your bed? So, please tell me what the scariest thing you can imagine hiding under your bed was for ChatGPT now. Can you kind of give us a hint on the structure of those? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've already started writing. No changes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Don't give me any additional information now. <laughs> I need more information. Just write like a computer would write. From. Okay, zero one one zero. Or alternatively, you could just do. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. But also, because mm, it needs to be two sentences. I mean, really? Can you like any help whatsoever? <laughs> like, I don't even know. No, <laughs> like, no I don't Absolutely even know how not. they talk. I have no idea how it talks. I've never asked it anything. I mean, all it is doing is literally taking a large database of things that have been said and assembling an answer that it thinks makes sense based on this big pile of data. And it answers like a human? No, it answers like word salad. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It answers pretty well. It does. Yeah, does it answer like it's like talking to you, like a like a chatbot, like a yeah, it, like it's, it's, it's like a very it's, complicated Eliza, like a very advanced yes. version of yeah. Also, don't if you're familiar okay. with that, no. the screenshots of it I've seen are are like that. Tiff, have you ever tried to get tech support from the stupid little help bubble in the corner of the website? It oh, talks like that. Yeah. Okay. It looks like yeah. you're trying to ask me a question. Yes. It's like equal parts clippy and a demon. <laughs> a demon for clippy. A different How are those demon. Two different? It looks like you're trying to have a resume. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all of the AI responses are in for what's the scariest thing you can imagine hiding under your bed? I will read them now. One. Children are frequently afraid of monsters hiding under their bed. Other common fears include rats, boogeymen, giant spiders, and ghosts. 2. I apologize, but as a machine language learning algorithm, I do not sleep in a bed. Would you like to rephrase your question? <laughs> Stupid clippy. 3. If I were scared like if excuse me, if I were a scared little child, I would say monsters are under the bed but also the chilling embrace of death. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Four. Many individuals' greatest fears, especially children's, result from consuming scary entertainment, such as horror films, especially right before bed. The most frequent objects of night terror are often some sort of shadowy monster, which may take humanoid form, but often features blood, gore, or other upsetting manifestations. Five. That's a very good question. The scariest thing I can imagine hiding under my bed is the creepy ventriloquist dummy from the Goosebumps books. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of That's... pen in a thing. <laughs> <laughs> or six. The scariest thing I can imagine hiding under a bed would be a malevolent supernatural entity with glowing red eyes, emitting eerie whispers, and possessing the ability to manipulate objects and disturb sleep. Its presence would evoke a deep sense of dread, making it an unsettling and chilling presence to encounter in the safety of one's own bedroom. That's just Steve, isn't it? So, uh, those are all of your options for <laughs> what's the scariest thing you can imagine hiding under your bed? So many children. And um, the first to get to answer is Monty. Okay, there are two I like the sound of. I'm going to go with the last one that actually answered the question. Okay. I'm not going to repeat it now because it was very long. Uh, next up is Shelly. <laughs> oh, let's see. There were a couple, there were two that were non-answers, and I'm trying to remember the difference. There was one that was just 
basically I'm not programmed to respond in that area. And there, there was another one that was in a similar vein. And I remember liking one. Can you read me those two? Did, did what I say make sense? Do you understand? Yes, I think so. Uh, the first was, I apologize, but as a machine language learning algorithm, I do not sleep in a bed. Would you like to rephrase your question? And the other one was, if I were a scared little child, I would say monsters are under the bed, but also the chilling embrace of death. I'm going to take the first one. I would like to apologize. Okay. <laughs> Next guesser is Chip. That really long one, mm-hmm. I got to go for it. Which really long one? Because there were The two really malevolently before. long one. Okay, the last one. <laughs> Okay. Um, next up is Kelly. Uh, there was one about manifestations. That one. I believe. Like the third okay, one, that maybe? was the the other long one. Um, yeah. Blood gore or other upsetting manifestations. Yes, that okay. one. Blood gore and other manifestations. Okie doke. And that leaves Tiff. I want the one that said often like six times. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. Mm-hmm. I think maybe mm-hmm. that was the fourth one. Mm. From consuming scary entertainment, object night terror, often and often. There's two oftens. Felt like six times. Is two times. Well, actually, yeah, it's two more oftens than exist in any other answer. So I think that's you. It's not a two yeah, more. All the oftens. <laughs> I got that, Monty, by the way. Well done. Okay. I picked up what she's putting down. Okay, let's see what happened there. Um, so let's start with Shelley, who thought that I apologize, but as a machine language learning algorithm, I do not sleep in a bed. Would you like to rephrase your question? Was what ChatGPT said? Actually, that's what Monty said. So that's okay. a point to Monty. Well done. <laughs> that had Monty's handiwork all over it. I just wanted that to be the right <laughs> answer so much. And yes. That's good for all of you because uh, that means Shelley did not get any closer to winning. She has 16 points with that answer. Uh, next up, Armonti and Chip. They both thought that the incredibly long answer that I'm not going to read was the correct answer. <laughs> and they were absolutely right. The incredibly long answer that I'm not going to read. All right. I guess I'd better read it because it's the correct answer. The scariest thing I can imagine hiding under a bed would be a malevolent supernatural entity with glowing red eyes, emitting eerie whispers, and possessing the ability to manipulate objects and disturb sleep. Its presence would evoke a deep sense of dread, making it an unsettling and chilling presence to encounter in the safety of one's own bedroom. And so Monty and Chip each get two points for that. It's not that hard to disturb sleep if you're under a bed. That's true. (laughs) It's not a power. No one's very impressed, Monster. (laughs) and that leaves us with kelly and tiff uh both of whom thought that many individuals greatest fears especially children's result from consuming scary entertainment such as horror films especially right before bed the most frequent objects of night terror are often some sort of shadowy monster which may take humanoid form but often features blood gore or other upsetting manifestations um and so uh let's see whose answer that was oh it appears that answer was Shelly, which means that she scores two points, which means that the winner of Low Definition 26 <gasps> is Shelly Brisbane with 18 points. Congratulations, Shelly. Well Why, done, Shelly. Manifestations Good of four for the win. Nicely played. That's Although she can't really enjoy it. this victory because she is clearly a computer. <laughs> Writing badly on purpose hurts my heart, though. I, I, I really do. <laughs> Not me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you're, if it makes you win, right? 
All right, so let's let's hear the final scores. Uh, Shelly wins with 18 points. She landed it perfectly. Well done, Shelly. Uh, Kelly ended up in second with 16 points. So close, Kelly. <laughs> so close. And then we have a two-way tie for third. Chip and Monty each had 13 points. Tiff was in fifth with 10. A respectable mm-hmm. score. Definitely much more respectable than zero, which is what I had. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I had fun anyway. So... Uh, somehow, we have all survived through another night of low definition. Or did we? At any rate, thank you, listeners, for joining us in this harrowing ordeal. I also want to thank my players, Chip, Kelly, Tiff, Monty, and Shelly. So, thank you, Chip, Kelly, Tiff, Monty, and Shelly. Listeners, <laughs> if you run across an intriguing word or come up with a ridiculous round idea, please drop us a line at lowdefgs at gmail.com. The GS stands for ghost Scoob. You can also reach us on whatever the hell Twitter is called this week. Again, at LowDefGS. This has been Low Definition, and I'm Vampire Steve Lutz saying, Oh, what the hell? Cockchafer? I hardly know her! (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye! (laughs) 